The well is an ordinary place that takes on extraordinary meaning through encounters with Jesus. Join Father Anthony Messer from St. Timothy and St. Athanasius Church in Arlington, Virginia, in search of transformation, healing, revival, and refreshment. We believe in miracles. Uh, we've been going through three sessions, and in case you missed it or in case you forgot, I'm going to take you through the first three, and then we'll go from there. The first one was actually when Jesus was calming the storm. Remember that the storm, the boat was... And then the disciples were saying, are we going to die? And why aren't you helping us? And, and then Jesus stood up and calmed the storm. And we learned, as you see here, we need to learn how to trust God in our storm. Problems are going to come. Challenges are going to come. Yes, the miracle was calming the storm. But the real miracle in our life is how we can start to trust in God through our storms. That was the first week. The second week is when we had the ten lepers. The ten lepers were healed by God. And only how many came back? How many came back to thank him? Only one. And we said the real miracle was the one who came back and said thank you. And we know God is doing many things in our life, but a life of thanks and everything give thanks, that is the, the hidden miracle. And I think we have to remember that as we go through life, just, uh, just giving thanks for the good and even the challenging, that is the deeper miracle in, this, in, in that talk. And then week three. Last week, we had the Canaanite woman. The Canaanite woman was going to God, and she wanted her daughter to be healed. And Jesus said a tough message to her. And she said, I, I agree. I'm nothing, but you are something. And her humility sparked her faith to grow. Look, all of us in this series of Do You Believe in Miracles want one thing, to have faith like we see in the Bible. To do that, Last week, we talked about humility. The week before, thanks. The week before, we said how God, we should trust him in our storms. So today, what's the miracle that I want you to watch with me? And what miracle are we going to talk about today? Another beautiful miracle. And this miracle is about the two blind men that Jesus opened their eyes. Now, Jesus opened the eyes of many blind men, but this is the one in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20. Follow with me here on the screen. Now as they went to Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road. I want you to pay attention to every verse because there's so many important things. Two blind men sitting by the road. When they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet. But they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. So Jesus stood still and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be open. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. What happened here? There was two blind men on the road. What did they say? Do you remember what they said? Who remembers what they said? Let me go back for you. What did they say? So let's say it together. Let's say it together. This is going to be what I'm going to talk about today. Let's say it together. Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. Everyone, including Arlington, let's say it all together. Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. What's the big deal? What's the big deal about this, this request? How did Jesus heal based on these words? Is that all I have to say? 
Is that all I need to do? These two blind men? Is that... But you know what? When they said this, what happened? They were told to be quiet. Hey, be quiet. Get out of here. What would you have done if you were them? If you were told to be quiet, get out of here. What would you have done? You probably would have, if you're kind of compliant, you probably would have been, okay, fine, I'm leaving. What did they do? Look at the bottom. Have mercy. It said it, they cried even more louder. <laughs> I love that. They cried even louder. No, have mercy on us, O son of David. And I think that's the beauty of today is they're crying out to God and they're not going to refuse to be seen by Jesus and they're going to keep crying to him and keep crying to him. And at the end... What did Jesus do? I put it there in, in letters for you. Jesus stood still. To be honest with you, this is my favorite part of the miracle. They're crying out, but then it says Jesus stood still. I want you to picture this. Jesus is marching to another mission. This wasn't his mission. He was marching to something else, and all of a sudden, have mercy upon us, you know, Lord, the son of David. He kind of looks from the corner of his eye. The disciples and everybody said, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Leave him alone. And then they, they shouted louder. And he's kind of moving. All of a sudden, Jesus stood still. Jesus was stopped in his tracks. And he stood still. What happened? Why? This is amazing. Why did he stop? How did it happen? Is this all they said? Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. Are these the magic words? Maybe that's what you're missing. We just have to say these magic words. Oh, have mercy upon me, O Lord, son of David. And then God will stop in his tracks. And Jesus will stand still. Is that it? It's not just saying these words. But there is a meaning behind every single word here. And we pass it by so quickly. I want to focus on one word right now that's there. <clears throat> Lord. What does Lord mean? Can you tell me? What does Lord mean? They're saying, have mercy on us, O Lord. What does Lord mean? Anybody know? Master. Master? Okay. Any other, any other ideas? What do you think? Arlington, you got a guess too. Lord. Because we say it all the time. We say, Lord, have mercy. We must, it must mean something. Okay, let's go, let's go a little bit. Let's go here. Lord means... One possessing authority, power, and control. One possessing authority, power, and control. When they said Lord, Lord, by the way, has been said so many times in the New Testament. The most common name for Jesus in the New Testament is Lord. But why? Why? Why all this power and control? Why are they calling him Lord? You know what it means? It means that I have nothing and you, have, you are in charge of everything in my life. You, are, you have authority of everything in my life. And to be honest with you, you want to know what the real miracle today is? The real miracle is not just this miracle of two blind men being healed. The real miracle today is a submission to Christ's loving lordship. That's the miracle of today. Okay, yeah, we saw two blind men being healed. That's true. But the real miracle is the submission, the surrender, the submitting. Like my, I have, you know when they said, have mercy on me, O son of David, O Lord. When they said that, when they said that, you know why they said Lord? Because they had no other choice. They said, I'm going to Jesus and I have no other choice and there's no other power and it's only him. It wasn't just them shouting something like a beggar. No, it was a belief that Jesus is the only way. It's like you have all authority of heaven and earth. You are the creator of heaven and earth. 
and you're here in front of me, and I trust you. And that's what we need to think about for ourselves. The real miracle is, can I submit to the Lord, to his loving lordship? That's the real miracle. And you probably say, Abuna, we do that already. Oh, surrender and submit to God. We all do that. We say that. But I want to get into it a little bit more today. And I want you to tell me, if truly we surrender, you know, sometimes we get angry or we have fear and we, we're not sure about our future. Maybe we haven't fully surrendered or submitted to his loving lordship. It's hard because either the Lord will cause you to be upset or the Lord will cause you comfort. It just depends on one thing, submission. Because things are going to happen around us, good and bad. <clears throat> you know that, I know that. But if I surrender and I submit to his loving lordship, it should actually cause comfort. God, I don't know why you're doing this. I don't know why this is happening. But I surrender to you and I submit to you and I know that you have all authority. By the way, if we believe that Christ is Lord, it means he has power over everything, even our life as well. So the key is now something to think about. Ask yourself this question. Do you have a hard time letting people make decisions around you? Do you have a hard time when you want to do something, you can't yield to somebody else wanting to do something? You ever had that before where somebody else wants something but you want something and you have a hard time yielding to that person? That's because we want control. The problem is if we're going to surrender to God, it's actually you let go of control. You can't control. You, can't, you don't have authority. You let go of that control. That's the problem. Also, we who have control over our life, we think we have control, we have a strong, stubborn will. We want it done our way. Have you ever said that before? I, in your heart, I want it done my way. Look, here's the challenge. If we want it done our way, our will, and we want it done with our control, we're going to have a hard time doing what it says here, submission to Christ's loving lordship. We're going to have a hard time submitting to him. You know where the miracle is? The miracle is in submission to him. I want you to see this verse right here from Philippians chapter 2. This is the best verse about submission. Let me read for you here. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Do I really bow to him? Do I really surrender to him? Do I really give up my control to him? In heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is what? Again, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. If he is truly your Lord and my Lord, there's a complete submission. Okay, God. I don't know why, but I surrender to you. I submit to you. It doesn't make sense. I want to do it my way. I want to, I'm kind of stubborn on the way I want to do things, but I'm going to bow to your way. I'm going to confess that you are Lord to the glory of the Father. Jesus is Lord. But I have a bad feeling that we made other things Lord. I have a feeling that we've made our career or our dreams 
or our whatever, the Lord of our life. Because whatever you give authority for, whatever you give control for, whoever you give it to, that is Lord. But every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. You know what the real miracle today is? A surrender. It's a surrender. The two blind men said, Have mercy on me, O son of David. O Lord, have mercy on me. O Lord. They knew who their Lord was. And by the way, it stopped God in his tracks. You want to stop God in his tracks? God is doing this. God is doing that. You want God to give you full attention? Well, that happens when we make him Lord. There's a funny story I was reading. And um, how many of you are soccer fans? I was going to say football, but how many of you are soccer fans? You love soccer. Okay, so we got the soccer fans. I have a story for you guys, especially because this story made me laugh. There was a, there was a guy on a, on, a, on a soccer, he was a soccer fan. He, they called him Crazy Ali. That's his name. That's his nickname. It's not my nickname for him. His name, he's known as Crazy Ali. He used to, you know one of those fans when his team is playing, he gets into fight with the other team, the, the fans of the other people. And he would get in a fight, and actually he got into a fight, and it doesn't say specifically, but it says he did a misdemeanor. He did something with the other fans. So Crazy Ali was banned from the stadium for one year. He couldn't watch his favorite soccer team for one year. And he would go to every... He was one of those guys that dresses like that and paints their face and was like cheering and, and, his, and anybody who's cheering, shouting at everybody. Crazy Ali used to do stuff like that. And, and then one, one incident got so bad that he got, you know, kicked out of the, and banned from the stadium for one year. So, a day was coming when his team, this is a true story by the way, his team was playing the rival team. You know how it works. Like if you are soccer fans in Egypt, Ahli and Zemelik, right? That kind of, you know, the, you, uh, so this was like that. So it was the rival team. And he was trying to get into the stadium. So he thought of a good idea. He knows he's banned from the stadium. So guess what he did? I'm not sure if you heard the story or not. Guess what he did? He actually rented a crane, a big crane. And he went and, and put, the crane came into the stadium so he can see the <laughs> And then all of a sudden, you see Crazy Ali shouting from the crane, and everybody was looking at him, and he said, look, I'm not in the stadium. I'm not in the stadium. I'm not, going, I'm not doing anything against the law. So he was shouting and screaming. Crazy Ali was there. And after some time, the police came, brought the crane down, got him down. He said, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not in the stadium. He said, no, come down. He came down. It was a bad day for him and a good day. Bad day, he couldn't see the, the game, but a good day, his team won 5-0. So Crazy Ali uh, he was, it ended up being a funny story in the newspaper, in the news. Um, what am I talking about right now? <laughs> what I'm talking about is, look, I know it's a funny story, but this story has a lot of truth in our life. The truth is this. We try to find our own way. And in my life, I can tell you, I've tried my own way, and you've tried your own way. It doesn't work. I know I'm stubborn. Sometimes you're stubborn. We try our own way, our own will, our own. We want control. Control should be relinquished to the one who has all authority. I don't know your future. I don't know my future. But it's hard to give God, God, I, to give him, yeah, you know what we do? I have some control. And God, you have some control. Let's control together. No, this is submission. 
This is surrender. This is the miracle today. You know the two blind men? They were in a good position. They said, we got nothing. We can't see, can't do anything, but I know the Lord is there. And they shouted, said, Lord. And they kept shouting, Lord. And I think that's what we need to shout today. Lord, I need you. Lord, I give up my, and I don't know what to do, but I give it to you. And I think that's the real miracle. The problem is we're fighting with God. It's our way out. And by the way, you'd never say you're fighting against God, but is he the Lord or not? Does he have authority or not? He is, has authority over heaven and earth and everything. So I have to trust that he's going to take care of me. Even when things look bad, you and your family, your situation, mine too, doesn't look right. I got to surrender. I got to say, God, have mercy on me. You're my Lord. And that's the first part of the miracle, is submitting to Christ's loving lordship. Ask yourself, is he really your Lord? Is he really the Lord of all your life? Or is there somebody else taking control? Is there something else more important? The second part of the miracle is important as well. The story is not complete until they cried out more. They cried out once, have mercy, O Lord. And then they cried out even louder. What that shows me is these two blind men were really persistent in their prayer. They didn't give up. Like for us, we prayed, oh, Abuna, I prayed, it didn't work. It doesn't matter. You keep praying. There's a, there's a certain, you know what the miracle is? Submission and persistence. I submit to the Lord, God, it's you, and then I keep persistent. God, if you're the Lord, I'm going to stay next to you until you, give, till you do something. And, and that's, they cried out more, and they cried out more, and they were persistent. And it stopped God in his tracks. I love that part. I told you earlier, persistent prayer stops God in his tracks. I can't imagine. I can't imagine this, that God is busy doing something, and he's busy doing healing and doing, and all of a sudden, I'm crying out. Crying out more. And I'm persistent in prayer. And you are too. And God stops. It says Jesus stood still. Isn't that amazing? Jesus stood still from these two blind men. That means Jesus was stopped in his tracks by their prayer, by their cry. So if, if these two blind men got the secret, I want the secret too. I'm going to keep crying and I'm going to keep persistent in my prayer. And it stops God in his tracks. Jesus stood still. Now, you're going to keep praying and you're going to be asking yourself this question. Okay, how long should I pray? How long should I pray? Should I just keep praying about the same thing? What if God doesn't want that? Look, in my mind, you're going to keep praying until God does something around you or in you. Let me say that again. You're going to keep praying until God does something around you or in you. That means there's room for Him to change your mind. There's room for Him to change your perspective. There's room for Him to change your will. There's room for Him to change. He's going to change something. Either He's going to change something around you or in you. But He's going to do something. When? I don't know. But keep crying out. Over and over and over again. And when you feel like he's not listening, you cry out louder. And I promise you, this can't be a story just for the two blind men. If this story is all about the two blind men, then what are, what are we doing? Why do we read the Bible? We read the Bible because we know the Bible is living. And that story is our story. Whatever you face, cry louder. Say, have mercy on me. He will act. Have mercy on me, O Lord. He will act. He has all authority. So stay consistent in your prayer. Stay persistent. Don't give up. Don't get upset when he doesn't act right now. But just keep those prayers going. And this verse really kind of highlights what I want to say. Is 
from 1 Chronicles 16, 11. I like this verse because it kind of highlights what I'm trying to say. It's like, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. What's the two things in there? When you keep seeking the Lord, guess what happens to you? What happens to you when you keep persistent in your prayer? It says, you're going to be stronger. You think, okay, I'm wasting my time. No, you're not wasting your time in prayer. Even if he doesn't answer, God, guess what? God is doing something in you. God is doing something around you. Always remember that. Keep seeking the Lord and his strength. He is making you stronger. And seek his face evermore. You know what that means? Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't say it hasn't happened yet. Don't ever do that. The miracle is in the persistence. And I'm going to tell you why that's important. But keep at it. Seek the Lord and his strength. You will be stronger. Seek his face evermore. Just keep seeking, keep seeking, keep going in front of God. That's the miracle. That's the miracle. There's another prayer in our Orthodox Church that we pray that has these same words. Have mercy on me, O Lord. Right? What, what is that other prayer? It's another famous prayer that I want you to... You know this prayer, but I want you to, to remember it also. If you want to remember a prayer, it's the Jesus prayer. The Jesus prayer has the same thought. It says, my what? My Lord. Again, we're here again. Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. Do you mind with me to say this together? Because this is a prayer that we say over and over and over again. This is our persistent prayer. This is what the church teaches to use when you want to keep praying. Let's say it together. My Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. Let's say it again. My Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a That's the same words. From where? Where did you see this before? Do you know these two blind men? Part of what they said was incorporated in this prayer. It's the same prayer. The blind man said, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. My Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. This is our persistent prayer. If you know this prayer, you say, yeah, I know, Abuna, this prayer, we learned it, and, and I say it sometimes. Here's what I remember about this prayer. We always start saying it, but then we stop saying it. We always say, let me start saying this on a, on a, on a persistent basis in my life when my mind is, my thoughts are not good, and I'm having trouble around me, and I feel weak. I might say this prayer every once in a while. No. I want us to be committed to keep saying to Jesus every day, throughout the day, my Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. That shows that Jesus is Lord and we are sinners. You know what that's saying? God, you are strong and we are weak. We need you. We're going to keep coming to you. That's the miracle. Submission to the Lord and keep persistent in prayer. That's the real miracle of the day. Persistent prayer does so much in our life and especially it builds us to a life of prayer you know what I, I feel like everything makes more sense when prayer is involved when you read the bible i don't get it prayer and consistent prayer brings life to it our day has so many challenges and problems, even good and bad. We want decisions, go here, do that. Persistent prayer builds a life of prayer. It makes me stronger. These are the hidden miracles within the miracle. The blind men kept calling out to God, and they weren't going to stop. They kept calling and crying, and they never stopped. That's the real miracle. Persistent prayer builds us to a life of prayer. You know... In Africa, 
the, in some rural, rural areas like the village areas in Africa. And this is when, I want to take you back to the beginning when Christianity came into Africa. Okay? When Christianity first came into Africa, some hundreds of years ago, they were in the village areas, and a house, right? They're like huts, kind of look like huts. They were planted throughout the village. And during the time of, of the conversion to Christianity, each house had a, a place where they would walk to the fields and do their prayers, okay? So I want you to imagine, like, this is a house, it's a village, and this is a trail in the grass that goes out to where? To a place where they do their prayers. So every day, they wake up in the morning, they would leave their house, they would go down this trail and get to the village or get to the outer parts of the village and pray. Every house had this like grass area, but it wasn't grass because they've been walking on it. It's like the grass wasn't there. Okay, you follow me so far? So everybody had their own prayer room outside in, in, in the beautiful atmosphere. How do we know that they stopped praying? How did the villagers know that that house is not praying anymore? What would you guess? The grass, the grass is growing. So anytime, this is true, right? When the grass was high, the people would go to say, by the way, how is your prayer life? Is everything okay? And they said, yeah, you're right. I haven't gone in a while. So the grass would grow. That means their prayer life wasn't, they weren't persistent. They weren't consistent in their prayer life. When the grass was down, it means they kept walking every day, them and their family. So I would ask you that question. For you, for me, is your grass high or is your grass low? It's low it means you're persistent in prayer. Now I'm not saying just say our father while we're falling asleep on the bed, right? I know that we, that's good. But there's got to be where, you know, Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. There's got to be where we're crying out to God throughout the day. We're remembering Him throughout the day. That's the miracle of today. If we really say we submit to you, Lord, we surrender to you, Lord, there's got to be grass down. There's got to be lots of persistence in our prayer. That is the life and miracle of prayer. And the way they used to say it in Africa is, friend, there's grass on your path. They wouldn't say it in a bad way. And then the person knew, oh, there's grass on my path. That means I haven't prayed in a while. So I don't want to tell you guys there's grass on your path. And you can tell me the same thing. But let's practice as a church. Not to be absent in prayer. Not to be absent to surrender to the Lord. The two things I want you to get today, if you have heard nothing else, there's two things. Is that I want us to submit that He is Lord of our life. And second, if that's true, there should be a persistent prayer. Your Lord, I'm going to keep coming after you. Have mercy on me, O Lord. Have mercy on me, O Lord. And when then we feel like God is not listening, we say it louder, and we say it more, and we keep a persistent prayer. So our grass can be down and not up. Persistent prayer builds us to a life of prayer, and to be honest, persistent prayer brings compassion of God to us. Do you remember the end of the story, the blind man's story? Remember what it said? It said, after they cried out, Jesus stood still, and it says, Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. At the end of the story, they made Jesus the Lord, they were persistent, and guess what? Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. What does that tell you? Jesus will have compassion on you and touch where you're hurting. Jesus will touch where you're broken. Jesus will touch a decision to make it his way, his will. This is what we want. So don't stop persistent prayer 
because it brings the compassion of Jesus to us to touch our area that's really hurting. And at the end, it says, and immediately their eyes receive sight. Persistent prayer brings healing to us, brings compassion, it brings healing, and that's the things that we, that's amazing to me. And they receive their sight. Healing will come. You know where the healing comes? Remember the ten lepers? It wasn't just healing the leprosy. It's healing inside. That's what God wants to do with you and me. He wants to heal our physical situation that we're crying, but most of all, heal what's inside that I've made him my Lord, that I trust you, that I don't know how, but I'm going to keep coming to you, I'm going to keep coming to you, and I'm going to keep crying to you, and I'm going to be persistent in my prayer. That's the real miracle today, that we've surrendered and that we're persistent in prayer because that's going to change the game. That's going to change our life. Don't be discouraged by what we've seen so far. And by the way, at the end, it says, after they received their sight, it says, they followed him. Does that prove something to you? When they followed him, what does it prove? That really, they weren't just after the miracle. They made him Lord. They followed him. It wasn't just, thank you for the healing, like the nine lepers who didn't come back. They followed him. So today, we need those things. The question I ask you today, and I want you to answer to yourself right now, answer to yourself, wherever you're listening, those here and those in Arlington, ask, answer this question to me, not to me, to him. Is Jesus your Lord? Is Jesus really your Lord? Is he have authority over everything, or are you keeping something for yourself? Remember King David? He said, the Lord is my, what does he say? King David said what? The Lord is my shepherd. Come on, guys, you can do better than that. The Lord is my shepherd. See, King David knew. You know Prophet Samuel? Do you remember when he was young? He said something nice. He said, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Samuel knew who the Lord was. King David knew the Lord. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. I think we need to say that. Lord, you're my shepherd. Lord, speak. I'm ready to hear. Remember what St. Paul said? I love this. After his conversion, Acts chapter 9. I, always, I said this before to you. What did St. Paul said after his conversion? He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He was their Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. Speak, Lord. Lord, what do you want me to do? That's a sign that they made him Lord. Is he, I'm going to ask you again, is he your Lord? If so, submit fully to him. Be persistent in praying to him. He will stop in his tracks. He will have compassion. He will bring healing in and out. Jesus is Lord. By the way, I was thinking about this. Is submission against persistence? No. If I submit or I'm persistent, I submit to the Lord, so I'm going to keep being persistent in that. I trust you, Lord. I'm going to bow my knees to you, Lord. I'm going to give you my decisions, Lord. And I'm going to keep knocking on the door with prayer. And I love this, this uh, quote from St. John Climacus. St. John said something nice. He said, 
A servant of the Lord is he who in body stands before men, but in mind knocks at heaven with prayer. Isn't that amazing? So you're standing here, but you're knocking on heaven with prayer. That's what I want. I want you to keep knocking on heaven with prayer. Yes, you're standing in body, but you're praying and knocking on heaven with prayer. This is it. He will listen and he will act. You have a chance to stop God in his tracks. Jesus stood still. The miracle today is not just healing two blind men. He did that. Two blind men are healed. Okay, good job, God. You healed two blind men. The real miracle is what happened to the blind men. They followed him. Jesus was Lord for them. They kept crying to him. And that's what we need today. So, here's what we need to do today, action. I always leave you at the end with action. Here's our action steps. Because sometimes I need to know, Abuna, tell me what to do right now. Here's what we need to do. Number one, submit my decisions and choices to the Lord. Submit, surrender my choices, my decisions, my daily activities. <clears throat> Where I go, what I do, I submit, I surrender them. Hey God, is this, is this pleasing to you? That's a hard one. Am I ready to do that? Am I ready to actually surrender and submit? Because most of us say, well, I'm going to still do this, I'm still going to do that, and I want my this. Hey, that's the miracle today, is I'm going to let go, because I know I'm giving him authority, and I know what he will do with that. And the second one is knock on heaven with persistent prayer throughout the day. And that one can be our practice of the Jesus prayer. My Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. My Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. I don't want you to attend liturgy and say, Lord, have mercy, and not mean it. I don't want you to say the Jesus prayer, my Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, and not mean it. I want us to mean it. I want us to really like believe it and follow it and let it be a genuine prayer. So these two things are our focus this week, and the miracle will come through them inside. This is an amazing miracle today, but the most amazing part is seeing the blind men cry out over and over and over and over and over again, and God stopping stood still. I can't imagine God of heaven and earth standing still for me. Can Jesus stand still for you? Can he stand still for me? Of course he can. That's what's going to happen when we kind of start following these two things. And just to kind of reiterate what we've been saying the whole time, miracles are happening all around you, most importantly, in you. I want you to pray about these miracles that we've been hearing week after week. There's no point to listen to these miracles if we're not actually seeing what the miracle could be in my life, a life of thanksgiving, a life of surrender, a life of humility. These are the things God wants to change. Those are the real miracles, and miracles are happening all around you, but most importantly in you. Let's pray for one another, and let's, let's kind of keep this persistent prayer throughout the week. Don't forget the Jesus prayer. Don't forget to surrender your choices and your decisions throughout the week. You're going to have a lot of them. Let's put them before the Lord. Let's stand up now and pray for that. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Thank you, Lord, for my brothers and sisters who are here today, those who are listening. Lord, truly, we've made everything Lord except you. We've made our careers the Lord. We've made other people Lord. We've made ourselves Lord. But you are our Lord and Master, and we trust you, and we're crying to you. We're asking for your mercy. We're asking for your compassion. We're asking for your touch upon our lives. 
Lord, we don't know what it means to do persistent prayer, Lord. Truly, to be honest with you, Lord, we give up too quickly. We give up so quickly in our prayers and we lose hope. But we're not going to do that anymore. We trust you. We believe in you. We surrender our decisions, our choices to you. And we're going to keep knocking on the heaven until you answer. Please work in us the miracles you want to work. Thank you for my brothers and sisters who are here. Bless them with a heavenly blessing. Please forgive us our sins. And thank you for giving us hope and encouragement and faith and growing our faith through all the miracles you're doing in our life. Such as St. Mary and St. Mark, St. Peter, St. Paul, St. Fotini, Pope Carolus, all the saints. Here it says we thankfully say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.